When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My pappy said, son, you're going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that hot rod Lincoln. We've made it to the finish line, folks. Every championship decided in NASCAR. Joey Logano, actually, we got three new champions. Joey Logano, Tyler Reddick, and Brett Moffitt. If you're a bet person, I bet you didn't have them. We'll tell you how they got there on what we say is our final episode of Five to Go this year. They arrested me and they put me in jail and called my pappy to throw my bail. And he said, son, you're going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that hot rod Lincoln. Yes, folks, we have made it. And it was quite a weekend there, the Ford Racing Weekend of for 200, 300, and 400 to decide the Trucks, Xfinity, and Cup Series champions this weekend, each series holding a championship for. Remember, the Cup Series kind of had that points format uh, before the Xfinity and, and Truck Series did, but now they're on board, and we're glad to have you on board with us. Doug Fireball Turnbull here. We are missing Eric Von Hessler this week because he is off and out of town and not working, but Dan Elliott and I will be holding it down, making that extra holiday pay. Of course, he's the master mechanic from Dawsonville who took in the weekend race racing from the North Georgia mountains. How you doing this weekend, Dan? Doing great. Beautiful sunshine, beautiful day, ready to rock and roll. I'm ready to rock and roll also. And I got to tell you, it could have been a lot worse, I think, this weekend, folks. Uh, really, my take is is despite there being no cautions except for the stage breaks of the Xfinity and Truck Series race, the Cup Series, the Cup Series had not a lot of wrecks or anything like that, but it seemed like a good bit of tire wear and strategy going forward. Some slow pit stops shook things up. And the championship four in Sunday's Ford 400, Dan, really all stayed pretty close to each other. Did you did the outcome of this race uh, from Sunday kind of fit what you expected there? You always tell me you want to be surprised. To me, it seems like under, under my own predictions anyway, I got a surprise champion. What about you? Yeah, I think I did too. I think we were all... Um, I think we're all pulling for Logano because he hadn't won a championship. Also, too, for as much money as Penske had put into the sport, it was great for their organization to pull off a championship. And they were well overdue for sure. But I really thought that Truex would be the one that would run off and hide instead of Logano. Uh, absolutely. And it seemed that way, too. So after the final set of pit stops where the game seemed to be pit earlier than the others and gained track position, Kevin Harvick, not the fastest of the championship four, but his crew chief, well, his crew chief remotely, Rodney Childers, I think made the call, but he and then Tony Gibson substituting for him after the penalty on top of the pit box calls him in a lap before he and Logano pretty much came in on the same lap of the Truex excuse me, came in on the next lap. And so that that's where the final pit stop was with about 40 or so laps to go. And they were going to short pit to try to gain the track position and then hold each other off. Well, Martin Truex, Cole Pern calls him in a lap later. He is catching those guys. He is just past Logano. Harvick gained the positions on pit road on Logano. And then Truex gets around Logano. He seems like he's going to catch Harvick, and that would be for the race win, except three drivers – got held out and did not pit. They were Kyle Busch, by far the slowest of the championship four in the race, and he had a pit crew that had let him down about three or four different pit stops. You had Jimmy Johnson and Matt Kenseth running up there in the top three also, all hoping for a caution, and it seemed like just when that caution wouldn't come, Daniel Suarez, who brought out the late caution in last year's championship, gets uh, run into by Brad Keselowski. They're racing four wide on new tires out there, and that brings out the yellow. Okay, it's going to, Dan, it's going to hand the championship to Kyle Busch, right? Because if I'm a betting man, if I'm a betting man, and I've got the top four championship drivers lining up, 15 laps to go, I'm taking Kyle Busch, okay? It just seemed like... Okay, this is playing right into his hands. The best restarter in the sport. His crew gets him off pit road ahead of the other championship four. And wouldn't you know, that's why I'm not a betting man. Yeah, I figured unless he had a rabbit up his rabbit in his hat, he wasn't <laughs> going to be able to pull it off because his car was not the dominant car by far. Even though the pit stops were not up to par either, his car was not a championship car yesterday. 
I'm really surprised that Kyle Busch was not more of a factor. It, he was last year. He and Truex really jostled for it. Uh, I really am shocked that he was always constantly about two or three positions behind the others. And even position-wise, he may have been right near them. He was he lost. He just did not have the speed over a run, short or long run. I mean, do you th- is that a trend that you felt like you saw developing over these NASCAR playoffs? And, and I mean, did that leave you surprised or what? No, it didn't leave me surprised, I don't think. I think I had seen this one coming because I think they definitely peaked early. I think that um, whatever Logano and their crew had for that last run, they were absolutely ready for a sprint to the end and gave him what he needed at the perfect time. Yeah, and and I really I got to hand it to Joey Logano. This I'm sure there are people out there, and I haven't really Dan gotten into the social media waters, so to speak. There's just generally the people that don't like Logano and the people that do. But I, I've got there's got to be people out there going, man, seriously, one of the big three didn't win the championship. He stole it. But Joey Logano statistically was pretty much that fourth driver for a lot of the year, certainly by the end of the season. And the performance he's put on in the playoffs. Think about this, Dan. For those that didn't like how he raced Martin Truex Jr. at Martinsville, he wouldn't be at Homestead without making that move on Truex. And then he beat Truex. Well, Truex was wrong. J- Logano did win the war. Yeah, he sure did. I sure did. In, in beautiful fashion, I might add, because not only did he pass Truex, he put him in the rearview mirror. He sure did, yeah, and, and on a very short run. So he made the. I remember uh, Jeff Burton, Dale Jr., both saying on the broadcast and Steve Latart that they thought Joey Logano, when he made the pass about four laps into that final green flag run, when he made the pass, they thought he had missed the corner. They thought he was just driving in there as deep as possible and it kind of missed his mark. And he made it stick up high and just cleaned Truex. I mean, well, he didn't clean him out because I would have been wrecking him. But he he made the pass with authority and there was nothing he could do. It was indefensible. So Logano yeah, wins. Yeah, the pass the looked to me like something that happened to Truex and he was slowing down. Yeah, that that's how dominant it was. Um, and so Logano is able to win the race. He beats a, a Truex finish second. And fittingly, Kevin Harvick was third and Kyle Busch was fourth. Brad Keselowski, who got into Suarez, I think someone got into Keselowski who got into Suarez. They're racing four wide. I don't, even though the cost should help Kyle Busch and Joey Logano, I don't think Suarez and Keselowski, their teammates, did that on purpose, okay? But Kozlowski finished fifth. And how about this, Dan? Matt Kenseth had raced about half the schedule since he had come back to the number six car. And and had had zero top ten finishes until Phoenix last week. Guess he finishes sixth because of that pit strategy there on the number six Wyndham Rewards Ford. Chase Elliott was seventh. Clint Boyer drove from the back to the front, finished eighth. Eric Almarola was there all day in ninth. And Kurt Busch, you didn't hear from him in tenth. Dan, I, I want to get onto this because I know you don't like the new point system. I I, I know you're a season long kind of guy. Uh, that that's yep. I mean that's 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 how you that's how you won Lolly over. You you told her thirty plus years ago, Lolly, I'm a season long kind of guy, and she goes, you know what? I love that about you. That's, okay, but but that's I, right. You you've got to be you've got to be steady, consistent. That's it, and you and you are you you are the pillar of that. But I, I want to ask you this: Did you get an annoyed at all during the broadcast? of the hyper-attention being played and the the repetition being said about those four drivers. I mean, even during the national anthem, I felt like I'm just – they're only showing the four guys bowing their heads in prayer and putting their hands over the hearts. I'm like, come on, man. Like, at least there's all these other drivers and sponsors out here. Did, did you find yourself kind of grimacing at the hyper-attention? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't long there. I had to mute the sound on that thing because – the uh, commentators, it sounded like their thong was a lot too tight for this weekend, and, <laughs> and, and the voice was up a couple of octaves. So, you, you, so you, you didn't like how they sounded, whoever they were talking about. Exactly. Now, so what, what do you think then? Uh, so, and, and I want to say, I was fairly annoyed pretty early, so I was watching the race with my cousin, who does not follow NASCAR at all. In fact, he is visiting America from Ethiopia. That's where he, he owns a business there, my cousin Chris. He's American, but lives overseas definitely to he follows football knows nothing about nascar and i was trying to explain it all to him and get it pumped up and it didn't work he fell asleep um yep, exactly. <laughs> it was just me by myself watching the race yesterday on sunday and um 
and and I was trying to explain to him, you know, how all this this point system works and everything. But it didn't take me long into the broadcast where I was already bristling at their idea. And I sort of feel like it's a reflection of how the media operates anyway. Is we have all this media, all this attention, all these outlets, hours and hours, thousands of hours of coverage, and they still only cover the same five stories. It's like cats chasing laser pointers, as I like to say. It's kind of like politics right now. It's all the same story. It, it, right. As soon as the president tweets something or his opposition says something or there's a protest here, everybody just gravitates toward that. And I sort of feel like in NASCAR, you've got in Sunday's race 39 teams. Four of them really got mentioned. I forgot that Chase Elliott was even in the race, and I found myself even doing this when I was tweeting out little live updates during the race. I didn't tweet about Chase and David Reagan and my Georgia driver's angle as much as I normally would, and they had solid days. In fact, Reagan probably one of his best finishes of the year on a mile-and-a-half track, beating a lot of good teams, finishing 20th. You know, Elliott, Chase is up there in the top 10. I mean, you know, I, I don't know what the balance is, Dan, but I just feel like they, they could have covered the others. But I will say – the championship four did justify a good bit of that coverage because they ran in the top five all day. Well, we've talked about this from uh, the past couple of years. The fact that if you're not in the playoffs, the chase, whatever it ends up being, you're not mentioned at all for the most part unless something really bad happens or you've really got a, a really good car, which Kyle Larson yesterday was was about to be the spoiler in this deal and I've never seen anybody, you know, Denny Hamlin complained about the tires and rubbering in the top groove. Well, it was rubbered in yesterday. And um, Denny Hamlin had a glimpse or so of running up front. But other than that, we didn't see him. Uh, so, yeah. As soon as Hamlin – and something happened that TV didn't cover. Hamlin had the bad the, – the first bad pit stop that Kyle Busch had. And by the way, yesterday was Hamlin's birthday. Hamlin also had, I think it was uh, a 13-year, a uh, 12-year winning streak of the Cup Series, having won once a year since 2006 that came to an end. Hamlin won the pole, gave up his pole position, uh, per, first pit stall selection to Kyle Busch, who is, who qualified second just so Busch could get the preferential – pit stop there but but Hamlin came out and I think he led the first 40 laps but something happened on a pit stop Dan that knocked Hamlin from about eighth place to 17th and then he was never really a factor again until close to yeah the end. And, and the upper part of the racetrack Kyle Larson had already proven the upper part of the racetrack was rubbered in so yeah. he should have grabbed the high line and paced everybody and Kyle Larson brought out the first or the second caution to the race because he popped the wall Larson would have been the guy the fly in the ointment for those championship four and yes, Larson, I think, is arguably the best driver of this track. The trick to getting around Homestead Miami Speedway over the long run is to get closer and closer to the wall. And really what Larson's downfall is is that he usually finds a way to bite that wall at some point. Now, he still rebounded to finish 13th. He led 45 laps. Hamlin led 41 laps. The championship four... Kyle Busch led 21 laps. All of that, though, was because he stayed out while others had pitted. Martin Truex Jr. only led 20 laps. Kevin Harvick, 34. Joey Logano, I got to say, he earned his salt. It didn't feel like he was the top. But Joey Logano earned his salt because he led easily the most laps out of the championship board drivers and of anybody in the race. He led 80 laps around the track there. And, uh, I mean, so it's it's easy to say, oh, well, he was the fourth best driver out of the four and he won the championship, and that's not fair. But Joey Logano was able to go up and lead the most laps of the final race. And if that had been a longer run to the end, as we saw after those final pit stops, he would not have won that race. But he was a short-run car. And just like, Dan, it seems to always happen to this championship four kind of deal, the, there's a, always a late caution. There's somebody that messes up, and Joey Logano was able to win the championship. Do you, how do, you, do you think, Dan, and I've asked this question before, do you think that – as far as NASCAR's popularity goes, that it was a bad thing for Joey Logano to win a championship? And do you think it's a bad thing that besides Jimmy Johnson, there are no other two title winners? There's really no dynasty right now. You know, I've thought about that a good bit. And given the fact that Logano had not won a championship and he definitely wasn't the car that had the most flair or the most pizzazz as the year went on so to speak but he had to be there to earn the championship so i you know being a part of the pinsky fold and knowing what i know about them it, it won't be bad for them to be champions and and really um congratulate uh, joey and 
Roger on a on a well fought year because their their teams have had done pretty well all year long. Keselowski and I really thought he'd be up front more at Homestead, but um, Logano did good. He did real good. Uh, he certainly did. And so Logano, of course, is the champion there. Logano, think about how far he's come. You know, he he goes from not having a ride after the 2012 season. Well, we season. pretty much grew up with him through the legend deal here in Atlanta, Doug. Yeah, well, we certainly did. And that's 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 worth pointing out is that out of he and David Reagan and Reed Sorensen, he's the one that's risen to the highest lofts, and now he's a champion. I know Jim Gresham used to – that he used to drive a Jim Gresham-owned race car, right? Yes, and, and, a, and I, know, I know Jim would be absolutely livid that uh, Joey won the race. He would be in – He'd be uh, in heaven over this because I know him and Tom, Joey's dad, are real good friends, and and um, you've got to be happy for him today. Yeah, right. And so for for those maybe Georgia listening race fans, and we do this show out of the WSB Radio Studios here in Atlanta, and of course you can hear this on GoPRN.com as well. But the, for the for the Georgia connection here, Joey Logano definitely has that. There was a point in his life in his teenage years where he lived down here and was running on the short tracks here around our metro area. He ran a Lanier Speedway. I don't I don't know if he – did he run at Peach State, Dan, before it became Gresham? I guess he did. I don't know that he did. I don't think so. I'm not sure, but I think that was um, part of the years that he was running legend. And um, I don't know that he ran any short track at Peach State before it became Gresham. Okay. If he did, I'm not aware of it. And the year, the first year that Gresham was open, he was already in the Cup Series. So hey, I know that I know he wasn't there for that. But he definitely has that Georgia connection, so somebody to root for. A lot of people, Dan, are do not like Joey Logano's style for some reason. They just they did, I guess they didn't like the whole silver spoon thing. Uh, being the you know as Tony Stewart complained about, oh, the rich kids coming up, and and they didn't like his brash driving style, very similar to Brad Keselowski, his teammate. But, I mean, Dan, make a case for Joey Logano, okay? Make a case to the race fans why, now that he's a champion, now that he's winner of, I think it's 23 cup races now. I'll have to look that up. But he's, he's his number of cup races now in the 20s that he has won. I mean, to me, he I seems think, like there's not a reason not to like I have to him. explain Joey Logano after yesterday. And, and every one of those drivers behind him had an opportunity to pace him but could not get it done. They did not deliver at the time that you had to show what you had. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. And I will say, now, I I was hoping – so I had, I had a reason to root for each person, Dan. So I had a reason to root for Kevin Harvick because I thought – because it was who I was predicting to win based upon his recent performance. I had a reason to root for Kyle Busch because I felt like – He's who I picked going into the playoffs, and I wanted my pick to be justified. I rooted for Martin Truex Jr. because his team was shutting down. And I just felt like that would be a great walk-off win kind of story. And then I was rooting for Joey Logano because out of the four, he had not won a championship. So to me, I was going to walk away disappointed and happy at the same time, no matter who won. And that's usually how I watch races because I'm just that – I'm analytical like that, Dan. I'm just that kind of person. I mean, did you kind of have just – I know we try to remain objective, but as a personal favorite, did you have somebody that you were rooting for going in? Was it Logano because he was the surprise? No, but I would love to see all four of the teams right there, and you could have thrown a blanket over any of the four, and you wouldn't have known until the checkered flag fell how the outcome was going to be. Let's fast forward a year, and no matter who the championship four are, we have a different package at Homestead next year. It's the low horsepower, high downforce package. How do you think that affects the racing and maybe even the outcome when we're talking about what we saw Sunday was tire and all weekend long, not just Sunday, tire management, pit stops, when you pit, how you adjust the car. What 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 changes next year in your prediction based upon what we know about this 2019 rules package? To me, I think everything is going to pan out or come out the same way what is going to be the element that you cannot or will not be able to predict is being caught up in the wrecks that being bunched up is going to cause right and and do you do you think that do you anticipate in uh, at a place like homestead in that championship race that that would be the case 
I think you'll be able to say that pretty much throughout the year because that may dictate who is at Homestead Miami and will run for a championship is being able to survive the year the least amount of wrecks or damage to the car based on the fact that I feel like the packs are going to bunch up more at a lot of these racetracks. That's fair enough. Uh, we were asking before about uh, how many wins Joey Logano had. He is now in a tie for 36th place all-time on the NASCAR wins list with Jeff Burton, Bobby Labonte, Hall of Famer Benny Parsons, and Jack Smith. How about that? That's pretty good. <laughs> and just ahead of him with 22 wins, Terry Labonte. Now think about it, Terry Labonte and Bobby Labonte race forever. And Joey Logano has pretty much as many wins as they do. That's yeah. incredible to me. And and he's just behind Ricky Rubb with 23 wins. And then you get up to Joe Weatherly with 25. I mean, it, he, he could have a decent season next year. And be and be tied with Fred Lorenzen at twenty six. You know, I mean that's that that's incredible to me. And Joey Logano just completed his tenth season in Cup, and he is only twenty eight years old. You know, does this mirror what the movies or what the comics have done, or are we down to the Fantastic Four every year? No. Is is that is that kind of what we're getting down to? And um, are we going to have more drivers next year or less drivers? that will impact the sport as they've done this year in the domination factor. So do, do you think there are, are you asking, do you think there'll be less dominant drivers next year than there were this year because of the, the package being egalitarian? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. I don't know. I, th I still think the cream's going to rise to the top. I just think that the path to get there might be a little bit harder because the racing won't get as stretched out. So if you get those late cautions, that could real. I think if you get races with late cautions and they don't play out over long runs, then you're going to have more random results, maybe. But I, well, still I think feel like you're have to next year. I think you're definitely going to have to be careful in where your position, where you position yourself at each track, and and really you're going to have to look at each lap of where you are because it's going to be easy to be at the wrong place at the wrong time and find yourself in an accident of your own, not of your own making. That's fair enough. Yeah. So we'll, it definitely will be fun to watch to see how that unfolds. Uh, I, there are some also, so again, we've been talking all about the championship four, but there were a lot of things to follow yesterday in uh, the cup race. It was Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss's last race together. That didn't really go too well for them. They, they, they did surface in the top five at one point because of their pit strategy, but it didn't, pan out into a great finish or anything like that in fact johnson finished in the 14th spot didn't lead any laps there the last race with lowe's on that car also lowe's will not be back at the sport they'll have ally financial jimmy johnson will have kevin mendering who has been elliot sadler's xfinity series crew chief that'll be his wrench chad canals will be with william byron so we also have aj allmendinger jamie mcmurray their last and and matt kenseth pretty much their last races they, there's a chance that allmendinger mcmurray could surface somewhere but they will not be full-time drivers next year and they pretty much have assumed that that'll be the case kurt bush for all intents and purposes is believed not to be returning to the 41 car that was their last race together ryan newman after five years with richard shoulders racing just like kurt bush had five years in the 41 their last races and their respective rides kurt bush expected to go to the one car and Ryan Newman, we already know, will be going to the six. Matt DiBenedetto departed with Go Fast Racing. The 95 team departs with Regan Smith because that's the landing place for DiBenedetto next year. And those are just a few lasts that we saw in Sunday's Cup race. Was there anything sentimental about watching that for you, Dan? I know when I throw all those silly season things, you usually just go, who cares? But was there anything, I mean, is there anything that surprises you that's coming to an end about drivers that are stepping away from the sport, maybe? No, not really. I think the surprise to me still is the fact that NASCAR ends this deal at Homestead, Miami. And and I really look at the deal of, of either it. I would love to see the end of the season either come at Daytona or Atlanta. I, I just remember I have so many memories of Atlanta being the last race of the season and champions crown there. And it would just be such a neat deal for them to come back um, a little bit closer to home. And, and I know that's wishful thinking on my part, but still I'd love to see it. And, you know, we saw um, several commercials yesterday, Atlanta Motor Speedway, and obviously there's going to be a lot of focus on Ed and the gang there. 
early in the season next year because that is the first race we will get to see the new race package, whatever NASCAR deems that, that, that will be the new package. And I can't wait to see that. And uh, I know Ed and them are, are really happy about that because I think that'll draw a lot of interest and a lot of fans coming to that event just to see what happens. Uh, absolutely. I think that will draw for sure. And I mean, and it won't be the full package because they won't be running the front air ducts, but it's it, it horsepower wise, certainly a downforce wise, it will be very similar. And yep. I mean, and I mean, just seeing it at, at a track like Atlanta where they get strung out more so than some others, seeing what that does over a long run to me is of a lot of interest there. Um, I, I'll tell you, I still can't believe that the 78 team is shutting down. I just I, out of all the things to watch yesterday, I mean, it was essentially Matt Kenseth's last race, and to have him go up there and get a top ten, awesome. But he he sort of faded into the sunset there. By the way, Trevor Bain never got the proper send off. We have no idea what he's doing next year. Nothing's been announced, and you know. But to see this season after going into this season and coming out of it, to see that essentially Trevor Bain, Matt Kenseth, Jamie McMurray, AJ Allmendinger, Casey Kane, all are are done with their full-time driving careers that we know of maybe trevor baines not but the others are that that's a lot of egress coming out that's a lot of change and i i, I just with all the change that we've had lately all of that has been low-key because these ha- haven't been frontline drivers in recent times you know all right Doug, for 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 2019 your up-and-coming drivers that we have either watched all season long or maybe newly coming into a cup ride, who do you think the up-and-coming class is for 2019? Who are the up-and-coming drivers for 2019? Yes, even if if they're already (laughs) running, but let's say a Bubba Wallace, uh, Eric Jones, uh, some of those drivers, or a new driver that's coming into cup, who do you think the class of 19 of the rookie class that will be a strong running rookie class will be. I think we're going to have a great rookie class with Daniel Hemrick and Ryan Priest. Hemrick will yep, be in the 31, Priest in the 47. It JTG Darty needs a shot in the arm to turn its program around. And some people that I've talked to that know some people, let's put it that way, kind of felt like AJ Allmendinger. The the team had felt like AJ Allmendinger had given up on him. And so they, that that's a breath of fresh air. Likewise, with the 31 team, their program needs to turn around. And I don't know, if, do, do you ever watch those radioactive deals that, that are on Fox Sports 1 where they show all the driver audio from the previous race? I've seen some of it, not a lot of it. At the end of the race at Phoenix, Ryan Newman and his crew chief on the 31, Luke Lambert, got into it hard. They, uh, Newman got on the radio and, and was just really complaining right as the race ended there. And, and, you know, just saying, wow, guys, it's been the same effing problem all year long, stuff like that. And and Luke Lambert said, hey, Tim Ford and that, buddy, we could really use some positivity here. We win as a team, die as a team. And he goes, he goes well, here's some positivity. Newman goes, I'm positive that this car sucked. You know, and I'm just, I mean, he really, and and, and, and he goes, and, and Luke Lambert does, essentially. Does that remind you of anyone? <laughs> uh, it reminds me of several people, but who, who are you yeah. thinking of? I was thinking about. Uh, Kurt Busch and and some of the you know you get frustrated at how you run and you know that you know that the team and yourself is capable of better but yet you're relegated to what you've got and the runs that you have and and can't seem to just can't seem to get over the hump and and make the connection I absolutely and I just felt like what Luke Lambert was getting to at Ryan Newman is, you know, you just sat here and been an ogre. <laughs> we really could have used, instead of you just complaining, we really could have used some positivity, some leadership, and maybe extra getting up on the wheel. Instead, and, you know, I mean, I know Newman races hard, and that's kind of his his uh, reputation out there, blocking people and stuff like that. But Yeah, I but just, don't you think some of the disconnect to that, Doug, is the fact that how much do you think the drivers even go – visit the race shops do you think the drivers even go to the race shops anymore and and know the team really personally no, and i mean do anything out of the extraordinary with them like it used to be when we grew up i think it depends the driver was an integral part of that that connection of everything that was done on the race car he either knew about directed or was part of 
I think it very much depends. I, I, I really, I'm sure there are some drivers that do, but I also think, you know, I think that it just, the sport doesn't lend itself now to, to that being a thing. I mean, <laughs> no, because we, we've all gotten used to the, to the fact that we joke about it, but we, we think that the driver flies in, he's got his helmet bag, he goes to the track, the car's there, he talks to the crew chief or has a meeting with the owner crew chief and they get in the car and they drive and after it's over, they get their helmet bag and go back home. Right. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know how that all shakes exactly. But I do know that um, that Newman seemed very disconnected. But what I'm saying is you're asking about who the 2019 up-and-comers are, and that's a great question. I think Hemrick and Priest, and then out of the drivers that remain, we saw several years ago in 2013 when Joey Logano left Joe Gibbs and joined a new team, he had new life, especially as it got into 2014 and 15. Now, Daniel Suarez will be leaving the Joe Gibbs organization. Likely, the really the only seat open that's worth a flip is that number 41 over at Stuart Haas Racing. And the Carlos Slim, the telecommunications magnet from Mexico that that fun that has funded a lot of Suarez's career, was at the racetrack at Homestead, Miami this weekend. And he even got asked about Suarez's plans. Oh, we're still talking about it. We're still negotiating. So I just feel like there that we'll probably see here by the time December rolls around an announcement that Suarez will be in the 41, I would think. Uh, so uh, w- uh, could Suarez be an up-and-comer joining an established team in the 41? He won't be starting over. Will Eric Jones have a breakout year? He got his first race win this season. And I w- also wonder if Ryan Blaney can finish some races the right way, close out races so those those are three right there besides the two rookies and Hemrick and Priest and and oh and another one too I'll throw out William Byron with Chad Canals yeah that's got to be one to to really circle and look at so I mean I'm naming all think, these are there anybody think we're going to have more of a showing with the Dillon brothers I haven't seen anything out of the children's camp or out of Jermaine racing that has shown that the performance is going to improve uh, or, D- Dylan showed or, some brilliance this year a little bit, but no. Or out of the Roush team either. I don't. I just don't see that. Now anything can happen. I also didn't see a lot of things. Okay, I didn't see Stuart. You know, I didn't see Furniture Row turning it around after a dismal 2014 season with Truex, and they showed everybody. So I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. Um, I didn't ever. I didn't predict the downturn in Hendrick. I didn't predict Jimmy Johnson going winless. D- I mean, Dan, if we were betting money here. So after the season that Joey Logano had last year, I don't think anybody was picking him as champion, even though this point system can crown champions easier than the past. I didn't see Jimmy Johnson, Denny Hamlin, and Kyle Larson all going winless. No, I didn't either. And I, there were several other things I didn't see either, and that was the fact that um, uh, Kyle Larson would continue the – strength that he has seemingly at the first of the races and can't seem to put it together at the end Paul Menard for sure I really thought that he would have a little bit more success this year but um definitely some surprises for sure another another surprise too is it was not surprise excuse me but another last that we saw in Sunday's race. It was the last race of BK Racing. What was left of it that Front Row Motorsports had already bought. That whole saga over there is officially over because next year they'll be wholly part of Front Row Motorsports and not have BK Racing on the name or anything at all. And so that's just another little thing to kind of put in our back pocket. Now let's jump back to the Xfinity Series, Dan. How many times have we had a champion in any series announce that they're moving to another organization in that same series the next year and still win the championship? Because that's exactly what Tyler Reddick did Saturday. Mm. <laughs> that's crazy. He did, a, he did a great job. He sure did. And Reddick comes from a dirt background like Larson and was able to go up there and rip the fence. And he was able to outdrive. I thought for sure. I mean, I was telling my cousin. My co- I made my cousin watch some of the Xfinity race too. And I said, "Guy, Christopher Bell's going to win. It's not even going to be close." And Reddick, through pit strategy, pit a little bit earlier. Bell had just gotten the lead from him, but Reddick was able to pit and and take it from him there just toward the end and drove his butt off and and won the championship for Dale Jr. and the gang. And what was also Elliot Stadler's last race as a full time driver, but. I mean, did, out of the championship four there in Xfinity, were you picking Bell? 
or were you picking Reddick? I mean, you know, actually, that was one of the races I just watched and uh, watched as a fan, and however it shook out was good with me. Yeah, yeah, it would have been didn't, cool to didn't see. Didn't play any of a them. favorite. Didn't have a favorite. I was kind of hoping Hemrick would validate his move to the Cup Series by going up there and making some noise, and he just wasn't able to. He was definitely. I think he'll before. validate himself, as you're saying, in the coming year. I think that that young man has a lot of talent, and I just hope that the chemistry is there to be able to put it together because you and I both know that you get in the wrong situation and and you can sit there for years, just like we talked about, about Newman, you can sit there for years and get frustrated and know that you've got better equipment and know that you are capable of wins and just can't put it together. Certainly. And Cole Custer was the dominant car out of that, just like he dominated uh, the Homestead race a year ago. Cole Custer led 95 laps and seemed like he would have a pretty darn good shot of being able to get up there and do that. So Tyler Reddick won the championship there, led 44 laps. Cole Custer was second. John Hunter Nemechek, who they announced is going to go to GMS Racing full-time and the number 23 for the retiring Spencer Gallagher. Uh, he finished third. Daniel Hemrick finished fourth. And the rest of the top ten in that race, Austin Sendrick, Ryan Priest, Justin Allgaier, Brandon Jones, Michael Lynette, and Matt Tith. Christopher Bell had to pit late in that race, and so that's why his showing there of 11th uh, lap down uh, in fact, there were only seven cars on the lead lap in that race, but uh, he had to pit with a flat tire late in the race. So even if Christopher Bell had done the right pit strategy, he would have been sunk by the flat tire. But that, that happened after pretty much it had been decided, and Reddick was running away. And then, Dan, we had another Gresham Motorsports Park alumnus go to Victory Lane on Friday night and take the Truck Series Championship. Yeah, we did. And Brett Moffitt. So, now, we talk, maybe touched a little bit on this last week, but did you hear about the whole controversy with the engines in the truck series? No, I did not. So, Brett Moffitt has been running a Joe Gibbs Racing manufactured uh, OEM motor. All right? He's been running not the the closed motor, essentially, or the uh, the um, – uh, what's the word spec motor that the other teams have been running and so those other teams particularly Justin Haley and Johnny Sauter's GMS racing teams who are part of the championship four they were complaining that Moffitt had a horsepower advantage to the point where NASCAR actually changed some of the rules there to take some horsepower away from that engine but Moffitt went out with a spec motor and won Phoenix last week I think this is the order I'm getting this right and then with a an OEM motor one homestead this past week so he he won in both engines he led the most laps and he won the championship there and i did not have brett moffitt outrunning johnny Sauter to win that title because they both had very similar seasons there and i just thought Sauter would be able to do it which tells you that if they're able to win with either the spec motor or the built motor then it tells you that they really do have a good combination of truck driver team the chemistry is there and they've definitely got the horse under them to produce a winner no matter what they no, no matter what the rule changes are and and it's with shigiaki hitori's team who's a former full-time driver in the truck series also a former indycar driver a team that almost dan shut down in the middle of the year a team that almost did not make it to the racetrack and and brett moffitt does not know if that team will be back next year they have 10 full-time employees and they went out there and beat the much bigger Kyle Busch Motorsports and the much bigger GMS Racing to win the title. I mean, that's 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 pretty cool too. Okay. Yeah, but see, Doug, that's that's where this gets tough. Is when you've got limited resources, you tax those resources to the max, and when it comes to a long run, it exhausts you to try to keep up mentally and physically and do what you do. You can do it but you're going to break your back doing it and you can only do it for a short period of time before those resources overtake you. And certainly they, the financial resources were limited as well. And they had a really tidy sponsorship package put together, but it wasn't enough to get them the full season. And I imagine Hattori went into his own pocket to make it happen there. Hard, hard work can overcome some of that, but when it's all said and done, the most money usually dominates because they can weather the storm a whole lot better than you can. Well, that that's correct. But and uh, Scott Zibidelli, Brett Moffitt's championship winning crew chief, said that he had to force his guys to go home. They would get to the shop seven a.m. and work until twelve or one in the morning. 
straight. Yeah, and you can't do that. You'll burn out in a short period of time. Exactly. And so Brett Moffat was able to hold off Grant Emfinger and Noah Gragson to win the title there. Johnny Sauter, for all the smack talk, and he's a former series champion, of course, Johnny Sauter placed only 12th in the race. He, he was back there, and his teammate Justin Haley was only eighth, so they were never really factors in the running all night long. It was all about Moffitt and Gragson pretty much. And, Dan, do you, th- do you feel a little disappointment? So Gra- Gragson's moving to, I think it's a two-year deal to run for Dale Jr.'s number one Xfinity Series team. Do, don't you, do you think that Gragson could have done a little better in that 18? I think he only walks out of the truck series with a couple of wins, doesn't win a title. Now, he loses to his teammate Christopher Bell last year. But, I mean... I just feel like if I'm Noah Gregson, I left something on the table and I've got a chip on my shoulder going into 2019. Yeah, but you also got to understand that sometimes, as we talk about, the chemistry, because I've seen it a lot of times where you bring somebody out of the truck rankings that hasn't done so well and you can't understand why they brought them out. They go to either either the Infinity or the cup and do a whole lot better and so yeah exactly and uh gregson walks out of the trucks he had one win last year one win this season he improved in last year he was only 10th in points this year he was a solid contender but i just you know you got to wonder going going to the xfinity series next year and they don't know who's crew chief's going to be yet if if that uh, pans out by the way dale jr did say that the number nine team that has won the last two xfinity titles in fact has won three out of the last uh, six, what three out of the last five? Excuse me, Xfinity titles have all been the nine team, right? So Chase Elliott, and then they shut that team down when Elliott went to Cup in 2016, and then they came back William Byron 2017, Tyler Reddick 2018. The nine team is is as open next year. They don't know who's going to run it or if they're going to have an all star kind of sponsorship lineup deal. Uh, but Gregson's going to the one team, and that's a team that's been really solid with Elliott Sadler, but hasn't won a lot. But I wonder if Gregson has something that can put them over the top. Chemistry, like you said. So Yeah, chemistry's got to be there. So as we as we wind this thing down, Dan, we, we've kind of covered each of the three series. We've talked about the championship four drivers and cup. H- how do you rate this season? And I'm not going to give you a scale so to speak. I just want, when you look back on it, we've talked a lot of smack here this year. We've been upset about some things and I think rightfully so. When you look at both the direction of the, the sport, the drivers that emerged, the ones who became champions and the on-track product, how do you rate the 2018 NASCAR season as a whole? You know, I, I think that I would, I would have thought at the first of the season that I would have seen a bigger variety of winners obviously as you pointed out jimmy johnson would have been one of the ones that i would have seen win another race denny hamlin i really thought maybe ryan newman had a shot at it um i knew chase was overdue for the wins i really didn't think all of them would come so close to the playoffs and not be in the playoffs but it was just a, a kind of a up and down season to me, and and what I saw, and surprisingly that uh, we came down to the end of it, and and we knew that there were probably the championship was going to go to one of three drivers, probably, and it didn't go to either one of the three. Uh, right, it just seemed a foregone conclusion. Like, okay, that's cool, Logano's there. He'll 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 uh, be right in the middle of it. But you just thought, I really thought Kevin Harvick the way he had run was going to yeah. do it do you think that fans in a way got robbed because the big three didn't follow through i mean or no absolutely not i think that they were i think they had a, a great seat for for a good championship like i said i wish that it would have come down to the to the last lap and all four were were all vying for the win right there just just neck and neck that that's the only thing to me that could have made it better i wish that the coverage would have been better for people that were out of those top four or five because we really never knew anything much about the rest of the field unless no. something happened at no. the back of the field. And, and, that, and that even includes – I don't remember much coverage except for just saying the storyline about Chad Knauss and Lowe's, about Jimmy Johnson. I would have liked to have known how their race was going or how Denny Hamlin, why he lost – seven or eight spots on pit road at the same time Kyle Bush did those guys are out there running for a win and Kyle Larson he made him he made himself relevant by running up there and leading laps and everything but but once yeah, he fell out of it, it to what I've said all along that if I'm a sponsor 
you know, once you get in the playoffs, unless you're in the playoffs, you're not mentioned. And if you're not in the top four or five, uh, definitely sometimes first or second or third, you're not mentioned. And, you know, that may come into play on how I do my contracts. Well, that's true. And, I, you know, you saw in the truck series, Dalton Sargent, as soon as he didn't make the playoffs, he was out of the 25 truck for GMS racing. They they mothballed that. Guy. Either he didn't want to continue forward or he didn't have the money and the team didn't want to put him in the car. I don't know. But uh, very, very interesting stuff. And we just need to mention, so we talked about all the different drivers at Cup, and I'll say them again, Matt Kenseth, Jamie McMurray, Casey Kane, uh, Trevor Bain possibly, A.J. Allmendinger not coming back at the very least for full-time seasons, Elliot Sadler in the Xfinity Series, Spencer Gallagher, he's hanging him up, Cole Witt decided he's hanging him up, and we even had in the Truck Series Wendell Chavis and Justin Fontaine. So what Eric always talks about, I just don't know anything about these newer drivers, and now some of the ones that we're just barely getting to know are already dipping out. <laughs> I think that's – I'm not saying that's good. I'm sort of chuckling because it's sort of a chuckle out of resignation like I – who's going to be next to become known and dan one, one i'll answer that question with it was kind of rhetorical but i'll answer it like this harrison burton will be running full-time in trucks next year with todd gilliland as teammates at kyle bush motorsports so that's going to be fun to watch those two come up and then you wonder toyota doesn't have enough seats at the table they have even one less team in cup now where promising toyota drivers toyota is the only team that has a driver development program where these promising toyota hot shoes are going to land yeah, and we hadn't even talked about Jack Roush and what we think about their organization and where they're going to be for 2019 and beyond. Yeah, for sure. And that'll be that'll be interesting to see because – and Jack Roush, by the way, may be shutting down his Xfinity program because uh, that, that 60 team that was all that was left and going into next season, I just don't know what's going to be left for them to do. Yeah, there's, there was that team. Yeah, it was already... pretty sad when you pull your driver that you was one of your better drivers – from years past, and he's your best finisher for your last race at Homestead, right. Miami. Exactly. So a lot of things to kind of end on a sour note, but I think the results we saw, especially Sunday with the championship four running right on each other, really kind of validate to me that, that the four drivers that should have been in the championship four were those four drivers. It is hard to know because if Brad Keselowski had been there instead of Joey Logano, you know that he would have had the best of everything. And Keselowski finished fifth in that race. If if uh, Denny Hamlin had been up there with Kyle Busch, I think he would have had the had the giddy up. So I, it's hard to know, but I, I feel great about it, and I hope that next year with this new rules package that we don't get robbed of drivers being the deciding factor between these cars. Uh, well, I just hope it isn't something that is of not as I said of not of your own doing that you don't get caught up in accidents of not of your own making. And that determines whether you do or do not make the playoffs. Right. Hey, one question here, Dan, about Trevor Bain. So Trevor Bain did, definitely did not turn Roush's program around at all. He did, did not do very much with, um, with, with the opportunities he was given, let's say. But if you're an owner of a team, do you take a chance on him at all? Like, say you're go fast racing. The 32 car is open for next year. By the way, the rumor is that Joey Gase will be a full-time cup driver next year in the 32 because of the funding he brings. But if, if, I, if I own a team, do I take a chance on, Joey, on, uh, on Trevor Bain because of what we've seen him do a little bit of? Well, I think what we've talked about already is nowadays it's what can you bring to the title. I don't know that the experience level – or what you think or don't think. I think it's all about the numbers that you bring, sponsorship dollars that you bring. And I think that's where the sport this year has really changed and the future will probably change more because that may be, may or may not be why some of these drivers are dropping out of the program because they may not be able to come up with the money necessary and, and this is not something that they've had to deal with in the past, right. something they hadn't had to worry about because usually the owner brought the sponsors. But now you're seeing a change in, in that, and, and that may be where you're, why your drivers may be dropping out. Well, that that's true, and I just wonder, you know, Trev, Trevor Bain's made his money, he's got his little family, maybe he'll just go do that, but that burn, burning for competition burns on it. So I just wonder if maybe a mid-level, you know, maybe let's say Chip Ganassi, 
is able to put him part time in a an Xfinity ride. I'm just pulling that out of thin air. Or Dale Jr. He has that number yeah, nine. I opening. think it's still going to come down to can he bring the sponsorship right. with him? Right. And Dale Jr. said, by the way, for his nine car, it's all about funding. No one has yeah, shown okay. up that had the funding yet. And uh, Tyler Reddick is leaving that to go to Richard Childress's Xfinity program. I still just don't. Man. I guess he didn't see himself winning the championship when he made that announcement. I don't know, but that that'll be uh, that'll be something to see. But maybe he sees a path to the Cup Series through Childers that he yeah, does. There's see. probably several other drivers that could see themselves winning the championship and doing something else. Yeah, for sure. Well, Dan, I appreciate it, buddy. Any last parting shots here before you begin your Thanksgiving holiday? No, everybody have a great Thanksgiving and a great holiday season, and uh, we'll be looking forward to putting 2019 together shortly. We sure will. We're going to take a couple weeks off. Although, Dan, I will try to get us together, and you and I can talk offhand about this, but December the 8th here in Lithia Springs, Georgia, just west of downtown Atlanta, we'll have our annual uh, Captain Herb Memorial Motorcycle Ride and Toys for Tots a donation drop if you will so you can come bring new unwrapped toys for toys for tots or just bring some cash or donate online and and come meet us we'll have a big uh, festival going on out there with a bunch of rides for kids and race cars and different things to see and of course the good food at fred's and uh, and dan if you'd like to come on out we could sit there and maybe do a little uh, short live show for the crowd or you can just come join us on the air for a segment on our live radio broadcast which will be on wsb radio from 1 to 4 p.m so i think it'll be a great thing to do and for a very worthwhile cause it, it sure will so we, we hope to see you all out in person and shake some hands i'll bring out some nascar stuff to give away that'll be on december the 8th from the broadcast will be from 1 to 4 on WSB Radio. The whole event itself from 10 to 5. We'll have some live music out there also. And so that's my parting shot to y'all is just go out and be charitable these holidays. Don't worry about you know getting your coworker a $50 Christmas present. Go out and actually try to do some good with what you've been given. So that's how, that's how I'd like to leave that with that. Well, Dan, I appreciate you for a wonderful year. I, I lament that we didn't get to have Von Hessler on, but he's, he's out of town, out of pocket this week. So maybe we'll have to go bother him in person. We'll bring all the recording equipment to his house. Well, you and I both know he's got a lot of commitments, and he really brought a lot of flavor to the program this year because never knew what an avid fan he was and his background, and it was great to have him in the fold. It is, and it's hard to believe we've had that, but now we've got pretty much two seasons under our belt here on 5 to Go. We started at the beginning of the playoffs last year. I believe this is episode 51 for us. So we got wow. a lot, lot of lot of listening hours uh, to give to you all, and a lot more to come. We'll work our, our best to make it even better for y'all next year. So for Dan Elliott and for the absent Eric Von Hessler, and for everybody that supported this show, a big thanks to Jasmine Neely at NASCAR, by the way, for sending us a, a big cadre of drivers that got on with us here late in the summer and early in the fall to make our podcast even better. But I'm Doug Fireball Turnbull. Happy Thanksgiving to you, and happy racing in 2018. And here's to a wonderful 2019 season ahead.